the unexpected resignation of Uday Kotak as the managing director and the CEO of Kotak Mahindra Bank is making waves in the banking industry. Today we'll be unraveling the reasons behind this departure and the regulatory nuances that led to this decision. We are also talking about how the markets will react to his resignation and why did he make this resignation on a Saturday afternoon. Welcome to BL Podcast. I'm your host Shay Priyanka. Today we are joined by Hamsini Karthik who will explain us the reasons behind Kotak's resignation and how is the market reacting to it. Welcome Hamsini. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much. It's always a pleasure Jyoti. To start with, can you tell us why did uh, Uday Kotak announce his resignation on a Saturday afternoon and uh, what are we expecting for the market? Um we'll have to really watch out for what happens on Monday morning because uh, as much as one would want to believe that Kotak is an institution mind you the name of the bank is Kotak Mahindra Bank so there are two family two large uh, industrial houses family names involved here and yet the only name that the bank resonates with is Mr. Uday Kotak so Uday Kotak and Kotak Bank are so synonymous with each other will the investor community and that's also the reason why the investor community has been so uh, uh, confident about this bank because this bank has never made you know uh, uh, very uh, heinous mistakes or grave mistakes they've never had a, a position where you know uh, uh, profits have uh, sort of eroded substantially and then therefore they had to raise capital to this is this has always been a bank which has been reckoned for its conservatism and yet you have a balance sheet size which was at 4.89 lakh crore as on march 31st 2023 making it the fourth largest private bank so my belief is that the stock might continue to underperform or be in the pressure zone for possibly another 4 months or so till we have a new name emerge but having said that i think one thing which uh, uh, which as a question we're all missing is why september 2nd because the contents of the of the letter seem to sort of suggest that soon after the agm when the shareholders gave a majority to uh, mr kotak's appointment as non executive director he was he seemed to have made up his mind that okay let let's move on right so shouldn't it have ideally been announced a lot earlier if he had made up his mind even back then uh, why on a saturday afternoon possibly uh, kotak is also listed in the international markets was he looking at uh, how the stock would react internationally would that affect even if he had to announce it let's say on a friday evening it would have still impacted the, the areas of uh, kotak bank so was he thinking about that and therefore announced it on saturday evening uh mind you after this on wednesday the coming wednesday he is having a meeting with morgan stanley investor group that would be the first set of investors that uh, uh not he the bank would uh, be addressing was this big development uh, maybe the market may not take it too kindly when uh, trade opens on monday there may be still a lot of questions unanswered and uh, the stock could be under pressure for a while this doesn't quite take away all the doubts that the investor community had in terms of succession that has not uh, that cloud hasn't been cleared completely yet today the ball is on rbi's court it's now for rbi to come back and say that you know i like this i i am okay with this person being appointed as md ceo and in that sense mr kotak has demonstrated his distancing from the bank very smartly let mr gupta handhold the person 
who's going to take over from you not from me you know that way it's a it's a it's a very smart move it's a very master stroke a very unexpected master stroke we can go back um what are the main reasons for uday kotak's resignation as the md ceo of the kotak mahindra bank what's apparent on the face is that it's part of the whole uh, succession planning that uh, the bank was believed to have been working on for the last uh, couple of years and uh, mind you succession is something that each bank you know uh, doesn't wake up to on a certain day and say oh we've got to do this in the next 6 months it's always a long drawn process and at kotak also it's not any different from that uh, so uh, his resignation although the timing of it is very surprising uh, very unexpected uh, we shouldn't read it beyond the, the 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 whole ambit of succession planning uh, so what we gather is that uh, there are two names which have been referred to rbi uh, the the law on succession uh, I, I, let's not put the word law here the regulations on successions as mandated by rbi is that at least two names are suggested by the board are recommended by the board and uh, uh, sent to rbi for approval so that process has been concluded uh, at kotak bank uh, they were supposed to do it uh, on or before the 31st of august uh, because typically this communication has to go to the rbi uh, 3 4 months prior to the current uh, ceo's term coming to an end so they've complied with that uh, my sources tell me it's happened a little earlier than the 31st of august itself um, that's one part to it two names have gone now the practice usually and again this is unsaid law unwritten law uh, is that there it is a mix of internal and external candidates uh, at kotak there were two people who were seen as you know strong contenders uh, both of them uh, interestingly are internal candidates one is mr kvs manian and the other is mr shanti ekambram uh, mr manian uh, heads the wholesale uh, corporate banking uh, business of the bank and uh, ms ekambram heads uh, the retail the consumer finance uh, the consumer lending uh, business of the bank so these are the two uh, names which have been floating as successors to uday kotak for a very long time we don't know whether the list includes only these two names or whether there is an external candidate as well let's not get into the guessing part of it uh, meanwhile till the rbi approves a name meanwhile what we know as an interim arrangement is the appointment of uh, mr deepak gupta uh, mr gupta is a joint md at the bank um, and uh, he is also one of the old timers at kotak who's possibly been from the uh, uh, nbfc uh, uh, times to the bank's transition and now um and uh, mr gupta also set to step down from his current position as a joint uh, managing director on the 31st of december so uh, to dispel some of the rumors or some of the uh, uh, word that's doing the uh, rounds in the market is uh, is mr gupta seen as a successor that's not possible because mr gupta also has a uh, 31st march deadline to step down from the bank so this is pretty much just an interim arrangement till the time that the rbi communicates or approves of a name which has been sent uh, for um, consideration can you tell us about the rbi's regulations regarding the tenure of mds and ceo in banks okay now uh, RBI does not have specific guidelines with respect to CEO as such. Okay, RBI's guidelines are with respect to the directors of the bank. It's a slightly larger canvas here, and by default, most of the CEOs are also managing directors of the bank. Therefore, 
the appointment of a MDCEO becomes an RBI issue, right? In this particular case, uh, Mr. Deepak Gupta is also a director. Uh, Mr. Uday Kotak is also a director. And so is the current chairman, Mr. Prakash Apte. So both, all the three of them have their tenures coming to an end on the 31st of December or by end of this, uh, this calendar year, 2023. Now, what uh, RBI's guidelines with respect to directorship has been a very dicey uh, subject. For the longest time, you had Aditya Puri serve as the managing director of a bank for uh, a 25-year long spell. But then when he turned 70 or as he was approaching the uh, 70 years cutoff, there was a lot of questions being raised about uh, can he continue for long and so on and so forth. And that's where the RBI came up with very coded guidelines. And this I'm talking about what happened back in 2017, uh, 18 and 19. The age of a director uh, which was earlier capped at 70, it got extended to 75 subsequently. But two other things also happened with it. Uh, the first regulation that came in capped in the promoter CEO's a, uh, tenure at uh, the office at 12 years. A non-promoter CEO could take a tenure of 15 years in office. Now, this got again represented and uh, uh, th therefore the RBI considered a harmonization of both. Uh, that is the larger law around it. And a director can hold office around this tenure till the age of 75 years. That is the plain reading of the law. Can you elaborate us on uh, the RBI's norms on leadership appointments at various private banks? Now, RBI is only a stamping authority. Leadership or the choice of leadership is a board decision of a bank. It is an internal matter. So to explain the process, what happens is that there is a committee that is set up, which works on succession planning, etc. And like I said, this is a long term thought process. The board doesn't work up. It's called the NRC committee. This committee doesn't wake up on one fine day and say, OK, let's find a, find another person to replace the current MPCEO. It's at least two years of hard work and grooming that happens. The committee engages with the board and the people who are seen as possible candidates fit enough to replace the current dispensation. So this committee, what it does is that it recommends a few names. Now, what is RBI regulations on this? Um, the, the regulation says that at least two names have to be furnished to the Reserve Bank of India. And therefore, we've as a practice, we've had at least three names. The, the, we've had minimum three names getting recommended to the RBI so far. In Uday Kotak's case or in Kotak Mahindra Bank's case, we have two names getting recommended to RBI. Again, as a practice, and this is not anywhere written uh, in law. This is, like I said earlier, it is an unsaid law, unwritten law. That it, the name should be a mix of internal and external candidates. Uh, now, can can will an external candidate lend himself to become or uh, be considered by the board for the position not knowing uh, whether the appointment is actually going to go through or not, at what salary, etc., is not known at that particular juncture, really, because salary is, again, another RBI matter. It requires RBI approval. Post-pandemic, more so, 
we've not seen instances where external candidates just lend themselves as names to this list of uh, ceo potential ceo candidates to be sent to the reserve bank of india but this is what the regulations are around picking the succession at least two names have to be furnished rbi takes a minimum of 90 to 120 days to process these names basically process here means to put them in the fit and proper criteria and uh, this uh, um, bucketing people in the fit and proper criteria is the holy grail for rbi uh, and that's a very important process so that's something which all banks respect and a, a name emerges out of it if there are three names uh, given uh, and um, the three names are given in the order of priority that the board has uh, has had in its mind uh, to see a successor to a bank the first name gets ratified automatically because rbi will also not want to go against the will and wish of the bank unless it's a case like a yes bank where uh, you know rbi rejected uh, rana kapoor's uh, reappointment and usually the tenure and the term for a uh, md ceo is a period of 3 years so they uh, they take 3 years come up for extension uh, around the 2 and a half year of uh, in office and then uh, they wait to see whether they get going to get the entire 3 year next or not so this is this is how it works So narrowing down, can you provide us more information about the regulatory challenges that Uday Kota faced in reducing his uh, promoter stake in the bank? Yes. So Uday Kota's case and Uday Kota and Kota Mahindra is a very peculiar case, right? Uh, in India, it's possibly the only bank where a promoter, in his personal capacity, in his own name, as Uday Suresh Kota, holds. over 25% stake in the bank okay so uday kotak is the promoter of kotak mahindra bank we do not have any other situation where an individual we, there is another instance of uh, an indusind bank where indusind holdings and indusind international collectively holds 15% but these are corporate uh, bodies these are not promoters these are not individual promoters uday kotak's case he is an individual promoter holding a substantial stake in the bank so there is also a little bit of history to it kotak got its license to operate as a bank in 2004 at that point in time the law with regards to promoter control promoter holding was a lot different promoters could hold up to 40% stake then the law changed in 2008 we cut the promoter holding to 15% and mind you the reserve bank of india never talks about promoter holding as a percentage of stake they always talk about promoter holding as a percentage of voting rights okay that is how the br act the banking regulation act is so uday kotak had 40% a voting right in the bank you know back then he had to gradually bring it down to 50% 15% 15 from 40 40 to 50 you can understand what is the quantum of dilution meanwhile there were two sets of law that changed now 40 once became 26 and this 26 then became 15 when 40 came down to 26 he complied with it he he did some amount of fundraising then ing vaishya deal happened all of this helped him collectively bring down his stake from 40% to 26%. Now when RBI insisted the bank to shrink its uh, promoter holding or promoter's rights on voting from 26 to 15, that's when Uday Kotak uh, had a problem. Uh, he said 
you know, when I took the license, this was his argument to the RBI or his uh, his lawyer's argument to the RBI. When the bank was awarded license through Mr. Kotak's ownership, the law was different. Subsequently, the law has been changed. So can the promoter now be held hostage to such changes in law? And there was an out-of-court settlement that subsequently happened in 2018, post which Uday Kota continues to hold his stake at 26%. Uh, meanwhile, he also ran into a little bit of a di disagreement or differences with the RBI when he rolled out, when the bank rolled out non-convertible preference shares. Although the non-convertible preference shares are still in existence, the bank continues to you know, pay that kind of uh, interest, which the coupon, it was a coupon upwards of about 8%. The bank continues to furnish coupons on these instruments, etc., uh, it didn't, I mean, uh, it, it, it was not allowed as a, a route. It, it was not seen as a good route to uh, reduce the promoter's stake. Therefore, Kota continues to hold um, a, a more than 25% stake, 25.7% if I'm not wrong, at the bank. Uh, he, along with his family members and the trust, they hold close to 26% stake in the bank. So that's the long and short of the whole controversy that's happened around its, uh, around their Kota's holding at the bank. So the resignation letter that Uday Kotak wrote to the chairman is going viral on social media. So what were the specific remarks made by Uday Kotak in his last message uh, to the shareholders? It was a very emotional uh, letter, JP, that he had penned to his chairman, Mr. Rapte, saying why he wanted to step down. So he went back in time, recalled how the bank was set up uh, 38 years ago and uh, how it's been such a, uh, uh, you know, um, a return generator for uh, the investor community. And then he narrates his reasons for stepping down. He cites personal commitments and his son's marriage, his elder son, Jay Kotak's marriage. It was a very emotional letter again, and uh, where he also sort of re-emphasized, and possibly this is for the first time that it is coming out so emphatically in the public domain, that uh, the shareholders have also approved his uh, appointment as non-independent, non-executive uh, uh, director at the board. Go back in time to April uh, this year, the board had nominated him to hold a non-exec, non-in-depth holding at the uh, uh, seat at the director's table. Now, uh, this went for shareholder ratification in the AGM and the shareholders have also approved the uh, um, thing, approved the item. Now, uh, although he may not be the MDCEO, he will as a promoter holding the most substantial stake or the single largest stake at the bank, he will continue to have a seat at the uh, table as a director. But uh, that would not mean that he would be engaged in a day-to-day -day, uh, operations of the bank. He, I mean, it, it is more taking a you know quarterly overview of the bank vis-a-vis -a, -vis a daily overview of the bank. So that's where his role changed and he enumerates all this. He re recounts all this in his uh, letter. Also very nicely drew examples of how he saw banks in the West uh, sort of growing and maturing independently as institutions without with or without the person's involvement. And somewhere he's hinting that, you know, he wants that sort of a legacy at Kotak as well. It was a very uh, moving uh, letter from uh, Mr. Kotak yesterday. So do you think Uday Kotak's uh, appointment as a non-executive director on the bank board after his resignation um, complies with the spirit of RBI regulation? I would want to think, yes, it is. 
and there's a reason why I'm saying this, although it's a slightly contrarian view. Many people think that it goes against the spirit of independence. It goes against the spirit of creating an institution, etc. You should also look at it from uh, the lens of a promoter, right? Now, in no other bank, you would find an individual holding uh, the largest stake in a bank, right? So look at Uday Kotak as a promoter. And honestly speaking, he, he, he loved it being referred to as promoter, as an investor. Uh, from uh, that perspective, and put yourself in his shoes, uh, what he is planned for is not a wrong thing at all. Because if I am the, one of the largest shareholder, if I, in fact, if I am the largest shareholder of a bank, then it's only uh, logical that I get a seat on the table, right? Because uh, we've, we've had private equity investors with 10%, 11% stake uh, wanting a seat at the table because it's their money which has been uh, plowed into the business. So I have every right to know what's happening at the bank, what's happening with the business, what's happening in the business. And mind you, it's just his second day as a non-independent, non-executive uh, director. So let's give it time, you know, uh, and not jump the gun to say that, oh, this is going against the spirit of what the law intended. It is not. It is very much in complying, compliance with what the uh, Companies Act uh, talks about, what the normal commercials of uh, shareholding is. And uh, it, it it is very much in line with what, uh, promoters would normally want or what any investor would normally want, let alone a promoter. So now, how should we see the uh, Deepak Gupta's appointment as the CEO until December 31st? Um, a very interim arrangement and a very, very smart move. I'll tell you why it's smart. Now, we all know Deepak Gupta has a 31st December deadline. Uh, and uh, the other two candidates who are seen, like I said earlier, uh, as uh, CEO possibilities are uh, Manian and Shanti, then what? So whom do you appoint? Now, if you're going to lift the CEO, let's assume it was not Deepak Gupta, it was the CFO who was you know, promoted to the uh, CEO's uh, position. And then the whole thing about hierarchy steps in. So instead of disturbing uh, you know, 10 other things, why not just have the next best a uh, finite alternative take that position and uh, dispel all the rumors that were uh, doing in the market it's a it's a brilliant move according to me yeah so let's uh, wait and watch how the market reacts to all the things happened over the weekend thank you so much Hamsini, for joining us today and, and explaining the entire uh, Uday Kota's resignation and the causes and what could we expect from it I, I hope our uh, listeners got the information that they were searching for thank you so much Thank you. It was pleasure. Thank you, listeners, for listening to us. And until we get back to you in another podcast, this is Jay Priyanka signing off.